0: Welcome to New Creation. I'm Phyllis and thank you for joining me today. Every episode of a New Creation is commissioned by the Holy Spirit. It is new and it is from God. This past Saturday, I took part in a virtual prayer walk. It was a prayer walk that was led by the son of one of the generals of the faith, the late Billy Graham, his son Franklin led the walk, and it started from the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C., and it went to the United States Capitol. There was prayer and supplication from people all over the country, really all over the world, and there were 50,000 people who registered for the walk, but over 100,000 people actually were there in person. As I said, I took part in it virtually, so there were thousands of us, I'm sure, that were on the phone. And at every stop, we prayed for our nation. We prayed for our first responders. We prayed for the president and the vice president. We prayed for the houses of Congress. We prayed for all of our legislatures. We prayed for our judges. We prayed for every aspect of this nation. And there were people who were gathered in various circles, praying together as the prayers that were broadcast for all of us to take part in it. We all simultaneously prayed. And I am sure that the throne room of heaven was bombarded with all of our prayers. And I felt that it was an assembly that God ordained before the foundation of the world that we would come together and we would lift up our voices to him. And I know that he heard us. I pray that the words of our mouths and the meditation of our heart was acceptable to his sight, our Lord and our Redeemer. Even today, I feel the effects of those prayers and I pray that the nation will feel the effects of those prayers. It was an assembly of the ecclesia, and the ecclesia, in the Greek, it means a gathering of citizens called out from their homes into some public place. In this in this case, the council with this, this definition, and they came out to carry out the business of the town. What we did on Saturday. We, as an assembly of the Lord Jesus, were carrying out our master's business. And it reminded me of what Jesus said to, to Joseph and Mary in Luke chapter 2, verse 49. They were looking for him because they had left him actually in Jerusalem. They'd gone up to Jerusalem. And they'd left him there. And they'd gone back home and noticed that he was gone. So they went back and they found him in the temple. And we he said to them, it reads in Luke 2, Luke 2, Chapter 2, verse 49, he said, And he said to them, Why did you seek me? Do you not know that I must be about my father's business? Jesus said that to his parents, his earthly parents, Joseph and Mary, when they asked him where he was or why did he do this. He was about his father's business. And we should always be about our father's business, petitioning him, thanking him, praising him, lifting him up so that the world would know that there is a God. And he does answer prayers. And he is listening for our prayers. It was not a protest. It was quite a decisive contrast in the atmosphere. And there were no counter-marches. It was only the commanding presence. Of the Prince of Peace. Remember Jesus said to us. In Matthew chapter 18 verse 20. He said. For where two or more. Are gathered together in my name. There I am. In the midst of them. The Holy Spirit on that day. He touched the heart. Of God's intercessors. All over the world. And. We all assembled together on one accord and we all cried out with one voice to the Lord. It reminded me of David in Psalm 34, verse 6. It reads, this poor man cried and the Lord heard and saved him out of all his troubles. That's the way I felt on Saturday, when we all cried out to the Lord. He heard each and every one of our individual voices. And that is so unique that we have a God who can distinguish my voice from your voice. He knows Mary's voice from Jerry's voice. He knows Linda's voice from Marilyn's voice. He knows all of our voices individually, yet he can hear them not only individually, but collectively. And when we come together on one accord, We come together in the name of Jesus. As he said in his word, he will be right there in the midst of us. That is encouraging to know that we have a God as the word teaches us. It's not afar off, but he's nigh, nigh, nigh. He's near, 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 even in our mouth. And he waits for us to call upon him. And that's what we did on Saturday. And that's what we should do every day because God moves by our prayers. He hears us. Throughout the walk, as our prayers were lifted up to heaven for our nation, as I said, we prayed for our leaders, we prayed for just our citizens, we prayed for law enforcement, first responders. And also, in addition to our prayers, there were songs of supplication that were lifted up to the Lord. And the songs themselves were a cry out to the Lord. One of the songs was Earth to God. It was a song where someone was actually crying out to God. It's as if it was an emergency call, a 911 call, a call when you're on the radio, when you're in distress. Earth to God. And there was another song that said, "Heal our land, all of which were also in the same posture, the same spirit that our prayers were in. As I said, it was a day. I believe our collective voices and cries were heard in heaven. It was our way of exemplifying or demonstrating what I shared in last week's message, Woke Nation. I stated in that message message that 2020 is the decade of the mouth. It's when the Holy Spirit will give us utterances or divine proclamations of the Word of God, as well as prophetic prayers to go forth throughout the earth and bring forth change. What we're doing, we're bringing forth heaven down to earth by us making proclamations of the Word of God, of us praying the Word of God, as as we declare that which God places in our heart to declare. Change is taking place because long after we're gone, our prayers will remain. Prayers that have been uttered on our behalf by people who have gone before us, who are now in glory, those prayers are taking effect even right now. So our prayers we're we're uttering today that have been ordered by the Lord. See, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his ways. So the steps that we take, the prayers that we utter that come from the Lord himself, he honors And they will go on long after we're no no longer here on the earth. So prayer is very important. It is doing the work of our Father. And I believe he's pleased when we do such things. These prophetic prayers, they go forth throughout the earth. And they bring forth the change, bringing heaven down to earth. And we are moving forward. In the power of the Holy Spirit. Even though. The God of this world. Has attempted. To stifle. Stifle our voices. Stifle our words. Stifle our words. Through COVID-19. And he wants to stifle. What comes out of our mouth. And the way. The God of this world. Has attempted to stifle it. He thought. That this pandemic that we face since it was accompanied by us having to wear a mask. Remember, this is the decade of the mouth. So the enemy attempted to attack our mouth through COVID 19 and cover our mouth with masks. But instead, God allowed us to assemble. He allowed us to fulfill what he declared, the decade of the mouth. And we're using our mouths in spite of those masks that are covering our mouths to declare his word and to proclaim his glory. Hallelujah. See, it won't stop us. It's given us more momentum. And the gates of hell should not prevail against Christ's church. Hallelujah. Today's message is, Of a new creation is faith on display. See, time is of the essence, which means we have to have to redeem the time. We have to use our time wisely. Jesus expresses this truth in John chapter 9, verse 4. And I'm going to read the New King James Version of the scripture, and it reads: This is Jesus speaking. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. See, at this time, Jesus is entering the end of his earthly ministry, his time on earth. And he's speaking this because many of the miracles that Jesus did when he healed people, Many of them were on the Sabbath. So there were religious leaders, the Pharisees, Sadducees, and others, who did not like the fact that Jesus healed people on the Sabbath. They were strict religious spirits, is what they were. They'd rather see people to continue to be in darkness, continue to be overtaken by demonic manifestations, Continue to have withered hands or be blind rather than Jesus doing the works that God would have him to do. And so Jesus was expressing this. His time was drawing near to an end on this earth, but he continued to do good. He continued to fulfill the assignment that he had from his Father here on earth. What does this mean to us? Jesus' statement also applies to us today. We to, are to continue to do what's right, to do what's good. We don't know how much time we have on this earth. It is appointed unto man wants to die. That Hebrews 927 teaches us this. It is appointed once for man it is appointed unto man wants to die. And after this the judgment So, we have an appointment with death. Every human being on earth has an appointment with death, and we don't know that day. And so, when Jesus says we must work the works of Him who sent us while it is day, while we're still here on earth, the night comes. When He meant by night, that means when death comes, when we're no longer here, then we can no longer work. And so, we should live our life each day as if it's our last. We only have an opportunity to be on this side of glory. Once and at that time, which is this time, we should do the will of God. We're in a new season of a new era that's being birthed in the earth and is being birthed as God is advancing his kingdom. We're talking about faith on display, God looks down from heaven on the entire human race. He looks to see if anyone is truly wise, if anyone seeks God. That's Psalm chapter 53, verse 2, and it's the New Living Translation version of the scripture. It teaches us that God is actually looking down from heaven. He's looking at the looking over the entire human race. And he just wants to find one person. Who's wise enough to seek after him. Are you the person he's seeking? Am I the person he's seeking? All of us should ask ourselves that. Since he's looking at the whole human race, every human being is on the face of the earth, looking for someone who's looking for him who's wise enough to seek after him that's what God wants because that is how we're going to be able to live out this faith talking about faith being on display how our faith is going to be on display to those who meet us it's very important that we ask the lord to examine us in psalm 139 verse 23 it reads God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. Put me to the test. And sift through all my anxious cares. See, that's the type of search that we should invite the Lord to have over our lives, talking about faith on display. Through that searchlight, through examining closely our inward parts and who we really are, God will really reveal to us if we actually have faith, if that faith that he's he's looking for really is residing in us. See, Moses warned the tribes of Gad and the tribe of Reuben, those two tribes about this very thing, about when God is looking at you as it relates to sin. The scripture that I'm going to refer to in this situation is Numbers chapter 32. And it's verse 23, B clause, and it's the New King James Version of the Scripture. And it reads, this is Moses speaking to the tribes of Gad and the tribes of Reuben. He says, and be sure your sin will find you out. What Moses meant by that, when it comes to sin, there's a mystery that sin itself, Is comprised of that's the way the only way I can think of to explain it to you. There's something about sin that's mysterious, in other words. Number one, it doesn't remain confined. When God spoke to Cain after Cain had murdered his brother Abel, after Cain said he was not his brother's keeper when God asked him where his brother was, he talked to Cain. He reasoned to Cain about what he had done, but prior to that, even before Cain murdered his brother Abel, when Cain was envious of his brother, when God accepted Abel's sacrifice and not Cain's sacrifice, and Cain's whole countenance became different, it just changed. He became angry, and his countenance, his whole facial expression changed, and God picked up on that. He told him, He told Cain that. If he were to do well, he will be accepted. But if not, sin was crouching at his door and it desired to rule him, but he must rule over it. Talking about faith on display. Moses was referring similar to those two tribes about be sure your sin will find you out. Sin is so mysterious in the sense that we know for certain that that it can't be confined, that it will be dealt with. God will judge sin. And if we in any way allow it in our lives, there will be consequences. And the consequences will not be well if we continue in it. Moses, when he spoke to these two tribes, when he was warning them, he wasn't warning them about a a sin that they had done similar to what, what Cain ended up doing. He warned them about not obeying the Lord for an agreement that they had. Because if they did not fulfill the the agreement, be sure their sin would find them out. People would know that not because of a sin they committed or something they committed, but what commitment they did not do. What am I saying? With sin, remember, when it comes to sin, every man is tempted. The book of James tells us this, James chapter one, verses 14 and 15. Every man is tempted when it comes to sin, when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. So you're tempted based on what's inside of you. Lust, lust is desire out of control, desire out of control. There's nothing wrong with desire. God gives us desires. But when those desires become out of control, become something that you can't manage, That's what James is speaking of here. So he said, But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and entice. Then when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, it brings forth death. Talking about faith on display. Drawn away. It's something that's inside of you and something pulls it out, drawn away of your own lust, your own desires that are out of control. And that's how you get enticed. And then lust conceives. It develops. It hatches. That's what it means. When lust or desire out of control develops or hatches, it hatches or gives birth to sin. And what is sin? It's immorality. It it is going against God's laws. So it's coming forth. Sin comes forth. And then sin after that, it produces death. It produces a life that is without any 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 value to it anymore because everything that you did value dies. So important. Talking about faith on display. See, the only way that sin is forgiven, you must be born again. And this is what Jesus tells Nicodemus, who's one of the Pharisees who came to Jesus by night in John chapter 3. In John chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, Jesus speaks to Nicodemus, who comes to him at night about being born again, talking about faith on display. In John chapter 3, Verses 5 and 6, Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus, and it reads Jesus is answering Nicodemus. He says, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. In other words, when Jesus says that he has to be born of water and of Spirit, the spirit is born by the spirit of God. He, the spirit of God has to be inside of him in order for him to enter the kingdom of God, the Holy Spirit. And water, it means the washing of water, washing him cleansed by the spirit of God. The two tie into it. The spirit of God, it inhabits him and lives inside of him. And then it also, by its presence, it washes him, it cleanses him on the inside out. And that's when he can enter the kingdom of God. That's all of us. We can only enter the kingdom of God if we are born again. Talking about faith on display. And when we're born again, God uses us. He displays us. We become his ambassadors. We we become his representatives. Talking about faith on display. God is going to take vengeance Over all the powers of darkness. He will destroy those demonic systems and operations that are profiting in things like child sex trafficking, pornography, organized crime. He will destroy demonic teaching spirits that are attempting to indoctrinate this next generation in our colleges and universities. Their reign is ending. Talking about faith on display. As we display our faith and God destroys these demonic systems, we will be the ones who will be there to fulfill the assignment that God has placed in each and every one of us in the earth to ensure that those systems will never rise again. We're in a war for our posterity. That means our future generations. The enemy is attacking their innocence, their identity, their character, and even their mind. But we have the weapons that God has given us to snatch those young people, snatch those children from the grasp of the wicked one. And that's why we're here today. That's why God has us here. Talking about faith on display. As our faith is displayed by others. As we live out our faith before a dark world, they will know that there is a God in heaven who rules and reigns. See, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and Christ shall reign forever and ever. In the book of Luke, chapter 12, verses 2 and 3, And I'm going to read the New King James Version of the scripture. It reads, For there is nothing covered that would not be revealed, nor hidden that would not be known. Therefore, whatever you have spoken in the dark will be heard in the light. And what you have spoken in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. God is revealing and exposing things that are done in the night season done in other times, done the things that are done in darkness. And we, as his ambassadors, as his representatives, are to proclaim those things that he reveals to us that we are to, to expose. See, so the word of God teaches us we are to expose those works of darkness by light, the light that comes from Christ. I want to speak to those people who are listening today who don't have a relationship with this God, who is allowing us to put those of us who are of the household of faith, our faith on display. You may desire a relationship relationship with him, but just don't know how. Please repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I'm coming to you today because I don't know how to reach you. I don't know how to pray. God, I do believe your son Jesus came here on earth, and I do believe that he sacrificed his life for me. And I know that after three days, you rose him, and I'm asking you, you raised him from the dead, and I'm asking you to save me this day. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for Jesus and his sacrifice. Amen. Thank you for joining me today for New Creation Podcast. And remember, a new creation exists to teach you how to apply the word of God to your everyday life. A new creation can be found in Google Podcasts. You can look up Phyllis's, P-H-Y-L-L-I-S, A-New, A-N-A-W, Creation. And I hope you subscribe. The blessings of the Lord makes your life rich and adds no sorrow to our decree and declare. It is indeed so. Have a wonderful day.